Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. I am Graham, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Eric. How you doing, dude? As always, I like that. Is that new? I guess. And it just came out. It felt right. Yeah, yeah. It does feel right, right? Sometimes it's like you black out. You just don't even know what you're saying until the next person is speaking. Um, I'm doing well, thanks. I am very excited to put on the GM hat for this week's episode and go with you, Sean, through the Bills' current roster and try to find some money and also decide what we're going to do about some of these dudes. That's right. In this episode, the first official off-season episode, I suppose, of the Let's Talk Bills podcast. Uh, from this point forward, I will be known as Sean McDermott, and I will be referring to you as Brandon Bean. And until we break character at the end of the episode, we are working on whether or not we should be bringing back any of the free agents whose contracts expired this past season with the Buffalo Bills. Right. Well, we have a problem, Sean, because right off the bat, we are roughly um, 18.7 million over the cap. So, you know, before we can even think about signing any of our guys back, we have to figure out how we're going to get some money, how we're going to get under this cap and create enough space to sign our guys and leave leave some room for the rookies coming after the draft, you know? Got to tell you, that seems like a you problem, Brandon. I'm really more focused on having the right guys in the locker room so we can go win a Super Bowl. The money and all that is kind of outside of my peripheral vision. So I'm glad you see things that way, Sean, because I have created cap space, uh, but I don't know if you'll agree with every single decision. So you know me, Sean. I'm a guy. I like to think ahead and... Uh, not try to kick the can down the road much in terms of these financial commitments. But one of the easiest ways we can create a little bit of breathing room for ourselves for ourselves is to restructure some contracts. And the three big contracts I'm looking at restructuring that I will be restructuring, because as you said, uh, you know, the finances are, are my bag. I'm going to be restructuring Josh, his cap hit right now is almost 40 million and after a nice restructure we got 18 and a half million for his cap hit this year now normally with the restructure it puts the cap number you know kicks the can down the road and that's not great for guys who you don't you're not sure if they're going to be around josh is going to be around until the very end of his contract and we're going to definitely resign him before that contract ends anyway. So this is not something I'm worried about coming back to bite us in the butt. So Josh Allen on the books now for $18.6 million. So that's just the first of your restructures. Now this is his first year of that new contract that you signed him to last year. Is that right? It is. 
So he's finally kicking into that monster deal that he signed prior to his final season uh, with us on his rookie deal. We're already restructuring his contract. Now, is this something that we can do every year? Can we magically create cap space year over year by restructuring Josh's deal? Well, we cannot do it every single year. We can do it most years, but basically what's going to happen eventually is we're going to end up in a, if we keep doing that with everybody, we're going to end up in a New Orleans Saints situation where we got about 60 million over the cap and our main dudes are retired, but still counting against the cap. So that would not be good. Uh, At least with Josh, we can move around some money, give him some uh, money as a bonus this year to lower his cap hit now. And then in the future, as I said, when his cap hit gets really crazy, like in the 60 millions, which it probably will because of this restructure towards the end of his contract, we can just make a new contract with him and lower that number again. So it's all good. All right. Love it. So this is really just a good strategy for players that we know are a part of our long-term future. Sure. And it's arguable whether you think that this guy is part of our long-term future as well, but I've got Stefan Diggs also with a nice restructure. Going to give him some... Ooh, now I got to step in. Got to step in here, uh, Brandon, because Diggy's a little bit upset about the way the last season went. He's a little disgruntled. He's a big personality in our locker room. You know, I'm sure you saw him throwing a fit after we lost that last game. He's a guy we got to keep happy. So... I'm not sure that approaching him in the next couple of days and asking to lower his salary for next year and push it off into the future is going to be something he's going to go with. That's the nice thing about restructure, though. A restructure is not a, yeah, lower salary. A restructure is, in most cases, actually saying or going to the player and telling them, hey, how would you like to have an early bonus? Because what it does is it restructures the cap figure and makes it into a little bit of a bonus now to help lower the hit. So as long as we're as long as the Pagulas are pumping cash into this bad boy, we can do this with a guy like Stefan Diggs. And as you said, he was a little bit miffed at the end of the season, but he's our only good wide receiver. Uh, don't tell, don't tell the fans that Sean, but he's the only dude who we can rely on and who we need to keep happy. So I would argue that showing up with a little bit of extra cash before the season starts might be a nice move. And it just helps both parties. All right. Well, so what you're telling me is that as long as the Pagulas are willing to shell out some extra cash, we can restructure every single one of these deals and it doesn't affect each player's salary. I need it now next year. Basically, they're going to be our J.G. Wentworth and giving us money to give to these players and lower their cap. I'll text Terry and make sure he's on board with this while we're waiting for a response. Let's hear your third. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I'll text Terry. No, no, no. I think we know how the chain of command works here. You report to me. I report to Terry. Anyway, uh, next guy, we've got Tredavious White. He is on the books for $16 Oh, and if I didn't make it clear already, Stefan Diggs restructuring him would take his cap hit from 20.2 million to just under 15 million this season. So frees up another five mil. Uh, Tredavious White is my next guy. This one's a little bit risky because we don't know if he's ever really going to return to his all pro form uh, that he had prior to the injury. He is getting a little bit older as well at 28 years old. I believe he might be 29 by the end of the season. 
this upcoming season, but he's on the books now for 16 million. And I would like to bring that number down. So yeah, let's free up another five and restructure his contract. Trey's a dog, man. We don't have to worry about him. He's a part of the long-term plan for sure. He's a leader in that locker room. The boys respond to him. That's an investment that we can count on. Sean, it's just you and me. Okay. You're not like giving any halftime speech or anything like that. right. I get. Oh, I can't turn it off, Brendan. There's no turning that off. I get that. It's hard to turn this off, isn't it? Uh, that's what got you to this place, buddy. That's what got you to this position you're in right now. Um, moving on, back to the offense. Mitch Morse. He is on our books for 11 million. Oh. He's 31 years old. Uh, I don't want to cut him because he's clearly our best offensive lineman. But I do worry about his injury history. I wonder mm. if. He's willing to play ball a little bit, help us lower his cap number. Could be a, a deal where, yeah, we restructure, but ideally I'd like to see if he would be willing to take a little bit of a haircut this season. Hmm. So you'd like to approach our second or arguable, arguably first best offensive line. I think Dion is our, our go-to guy on that offensive line, but Mitch was great last season for us. He's only on a two-year deal. So first of all, this restructure would pile everything on to next season. And you're, Or are you just saying, tear up the old contract, let's get him on a new one? We can't tear up that contract unless he agrees to it, which is what I would love to figure out first. So as I said, if he's willing to be a team player and maybe lower that salary a little bit because... I don't know if we can rely on him. You know, he's, he had his fifth concussion this past season. He was, I would say, our best offensive lineman. Don't tell him that at the negotiating table. But, yeah, with, with his concussion history, it's a little bit scary. So I would feel a little more comfortable if he would be willing to come back on a lower salary. I got to tell you, Brandon, that's a cold move. I don't think one that I can support. I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Mitch's camp with this one. We got to leave him alone. He's an important part of our offensive line, and we got to keep him happy. Three million. Three million is what I ask. And we can get that through a restructure, but again, that's kind of dumping pro- our problems onto the future. Uh, so three million can bring us a pretty solid depth player. It could pay for a rookie contract. And... I think Mitch might see the uh, end of the road coming up at 31 years old and dealing with all these concussions. And I hope that he would understand that we're probably paying him already just as much, if not more than any other team, because if we were to cut him, to be honest with you, Sean, I would think that teams would be very scared of his injury history. And I don't think he would be making as much with other teams as he is for us. I got to say, the, the more you talk, the less that I find myself on your side. You sound really cold. You don't need to be on my side. You just need to understand what needs to be done. I understand your side of this discussion. I say we leave Mitch Morse's contract alone or restructured if you'd like to do it. I think it's going to cause too much bad blood. He's an important part of the offensive line, and I don't want to come to him hat in hand asking for money for next season. Well... I'll keep this in mind and we'll see how you feel about some other decisions I've made because I might give you this, I might grant you this boon in favor of uh, taking out a guy that you might not necessarily 
want to see leave. So, okay, we'll leave Mitch Morse alone for now, but now we're finished with the restructures. We're finished with asking players to take a little bit of a haircut. We are moving on to the people who need to go. All right. So I know this is going to be tough for you, coach. I know this before, is going to be tough for you. Before you get you to this, put your emotions aside, I think, though, please. <laughs> there are a few players who I think are glue guys that we're probably going to disagree on. Um, but I think this might be a good time to point out. I don't know if you want to go position by position or not, but how many players, I think a lot of people don't realize just how many of the members of the last iteration of the Bills roster ha- are on expiring contracts and will walk if the Bills do nothing. So. Right. So you want to look at our free agents first as well. Yeah, let's let's point out who these players are that just left the Buffalo Bills technically and um and then maybe you can get into which of them you think are are likely to come back or you'd like to pursue. Uh, well, yeah, I get that. I do want to I think though it might be beneficial to talk about uh the players that I need to see go first because it's tough to figure out how much money we have to play around with uh, the dudes who we need to re-sign unless we open up more cap room. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Yep. All right. So, Coach. Brandon. Something great for us. Uh, one week after a horrific tragedy happened on the field, got everybody in the stadium bumping, returning to kickoffs for touchdown oh i'm a i was a big believer in this guy that's why i traded our running back zach moss for him i also traded a draft pick for him but at nearly five million against the cap i cannot see especially because ken dorsey didn't figure out a way to involve him in the offense at all i can't justify keeping naheem hines on this roster so at nearly five million he's got to go I, as the coach of this team, I I like to sit on the fence. I don't like to pick sides. I don't really um, get involved with the criticisms of players. I got to tell you, Brandon, I hate Naeem Hines, if I can be perfectly honest. Uh, I was, no one was more frustrated than me that he returned those two kickoff touchdowns and made everybody love him. It was looking great. Everybody was on the get rid of Naeem Hines train until that. Um, It helped us win the game. Yeah, that was great. But um, you're not going to hear any arguments from me getting rid of Naeem Hines. Now, that being said... He's on a two-year deal, and I think you traded for him in order to make him a, an integral part of this offense. Now, I'm pretty sure Dorsey's got some things cooking for next season. He's got some ideas on how we're going to get him more involved, but he's on a two-year deal. So if you terminate that contract, does that not mean we're going to be still paying him money to not play for the Bills next year? It does not, and that's the beauty of this trade because all of the guarantees on his salary have already been paid for by the Colts or will be paid for by the Colts still. So with all that bonus money that he had on his contract when he re-signed with the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts are on the books for that. So basically we signed or we have him on his contract and are only obligated to pay his base salary, which is, I think, around $4 million or maybe exactly what his cap number is. So if we release him, we have zero money on the books after that from his contract boom done in the books gone you know now i'm getting the 
sinking <laughs> feeling that maybe <laughs> the head coach no, no. being a player uh, might have sabotaged his role on this team. I'm not going to think well, too long about it, though. He's gone. No, because there's nothing you can do about that. It's not like I'm going anywhere, Brandon. So uh, one of the two of us has to go. It's it's going to be old Naeem here. So let's move along. Now, okay. I've got a list of needs for this team for next season. And I've got running back as sort of a second-tier need for this team. In other words, it's not exactly a position that we need to fill right now in order to play a game. Because there are some of these positions where we don't even have enough like starting players on the roster. But it is a position that we would need to look forward to bolstering through free agency or the draft. You get rid of Naeem Hines, that becomes a pretty important glaring hole in this roster that we would need to get serious about upgrading. Yeah, you're right. And there's a lot of work to be done on the running back position, uh, especially after you hear about my other moves. I'll leave it at that for now, though. Uh, Let's move on to receiver because receiver is a position, as I spoke about. Basically, we have one dude who we can rely on, and that's Stefan Diggs. And hopefully shoving a little bit of money uh, his way makes him happy. But you know what? Fans are not happy with this guy. The fans I've heard from who are all over my Twitter uh, telling me what I need to do into this offseason are telling me that Isaiah McKenzie needs to go. And, you know, with his very limited contributions on the field last season and a lot of mental mistakes when we thought that he could fill in the role of Cole Beasley after letting Cole Beasley walk, it was really disappointing to see him kind of you know, poop the bed. So he's on the books for $2.9 million as his cap hit. Releasing him, he's got two more years. He's under contract for two more years, I believe. Releasing him would only count 300000 against the cap. So we would save $2.6 million by getting rid of him. Isaiah's a glue guy. He's a big part of this locker room. Man, he's a, he's a guy that the other guys in this room count on. They love Isaiah. He's a huge part of the culture on this team. That being said, Isaiah was a very disappointing performer last season. We sort of thought he'd be able to step in and, and play the Cole Beasley role. Didn't work out. We had to go back and get Beasley. Uh, we brought in Jameson Crowder. He got hurt. McKenzie couldn't fill those shoes. We did draft old baby leg Shakir last year to play that position. So... As painful as it would be for me to see a guy like Isaiah walk out that door, and it would change the way that our locker room is constructed, the attitude and the mood in there, I do believe that moving on from Isaiah McKenzie is a a move that makes sense at this point, especially since it's not going to hamstring us financially moving forward. So sad guy to see leave, but uh, I'm with you there, Brandon. Let's, Let's move on from Isaiah McKenzie. All right. 2.6 2.6 added to the Now, box. before you move uh, on to the next, next player, time. this, again, sure. like running back, leaves us with just three receivers under contract for next season. It's just Diggs, Davis, who's only got one year left on his rookie deal, and then baby leg Shakir, who is really just one year into his rookie deal. But we have nobody else under contract if you get rid of Isaiah McKenzie because Crowder, Beasley, Kumaro, their deals are all expired. That's it. We just got three guys. So that is a huge need for the Buffalo Bills moving into next season. That's very true, Sean. And we do have some young guys who we signed to futures deals after the season, you know, at Desmond Patman, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, not 
the same Keyshawn Johnson you're thinking of and Isaiah Coulter, but we don't know what those guys have and we don't know what those guys are bringing to the table. So it's definitely going to be uh, imperative that we find a guy in the draft or maybe find a guy to bring in on a reasonable free agent deal. If you're implying that I didn't read the primer you sent me on all the futures deals that you signed, of course I read it front to back. I know who all these guys are. I, you don't have to quiz me, Brandon. I know who Desmond Patman is. Okay. Oh, well, Please. someone sounds a little defensive because it definitely was. I read those. It was all right. Me naming these guys. I don't know, Sean. Are you sure you read the uh, primer I sent you? Of course I read them. I read them front to back, cover to cover. It's gripping from start to finish. Love reading about all these futures contracts you've signed. Okay. The more that you, yeah, try to describe this, but really it's getting more and more generalized, uh, makes me think you definitely didn't read the primer. So I don't know why I waste my time. Let's let's talk about uh, some other players who you are moving on from. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that, Sean, before I really get angry and call up Terry again. Um, We... Mm. Anyway, as I said before, the running back room is going to look very different leading up into next season. We've got Devin Singletary, uh, who's a free agent. We've got to figure out what to do with him, depending on how much he wants. But, you know, Ken Dorsey had a lot of growing pains as an coordinator this season. Didn't really use all of his personnel at his uh, disposal. And, you know... I don't think the guy before him did much with uh, the dude I'm thinking of either. Brian Dable did not do much with the fullback position. And I'm looking at this roster and I'm seeing Reggie Gilliam is making or is $2 million against the cap heading into next season. And I love a guy that we've got on this uh, team right now, Quentin Morris. I love Quentin Morris. You know that. I'm a big Q guy. And I think he could step into a sort of back fullback role just as easily. And we can maybe hope to recreate any of the production that Reggie Gilliam had. So for a savings of nearly $1.5 million, we got to say goodbye to Reggie. All right. Now I'm putting my foot down. You are taking away. One of the only two running backs we have left on this roster. And Reggie isn't even really a running back. He's a fullback who's been able to do some unique things for us, kind of a gadget guy in in the past. And not only that, expecting Quentin Morris, a tight end, former receiver, to step in and play fullback for the Buffalo Bills next season. This is where you are are outside your depth, Brandon. You don't understand what it would take to get Quentin Morris to – transform himself into just playing the fullback position and taking over the role that Reggie Gilliam was going to play for us next year. Um, I like Quentin Morris at the tight end spot. Don't forget, we've only got two tight ends under contract next year as it is. So, uh, no. Nope. Do not get rid of Reggie. We don't need that extra, what was it, $1 million? One point whatever. Reggie's got to stay on this team. Well, Sean, how often did... uh... Ken Dorsey run the I formation. How often did we have Reggie Gilliam serving as an inline blocker? I will not often enough. We got to get Ken in on this conversation, I would say. Um, but we can certainly have conversations about better ways to use the assets we have. But we still can't just get rid of assets because last year was his first year as an offensive coordinator and he didn't utilize all of them properly. 
Well, it depends. It depends on if you want to be the high-flying passing attack offense like you keep honking about, or if you want to get a little more old school and provide someone like James Cook with an extra blocker. And I think that if we need to provide James Cook with an extra blocker in the backfield, we could probably use Quinton Morris, not as a fullback, but playing a sort of tight end H-back hybrid, we could use Quentin Morris in that role. And I don't think that we need to be paying an actual fullback who is very limited in the other ways he can help this roster two million a season. I think you are underestimating the value of Reggie Gilliam as a member of this roster. Um, he's valuable in other ways outside of just playing in on the offense, we need special teams players. We're going to lose Taiwan Jones here. We're going to lose Tyler Medikevich. We're going to lose Jake Kumaro. We need guys who can play special teams. He's a huge special teams guy for us, and I do agree that he should be utilized better next season. But before you go shaving more dollars off of this salary cap, how much money have you saved us so far with all these moves? What are we looking at right now? Because it seems like, yeah, we got to be doing pretty well, right? We got to be like... 18 to 20 million dollars under the cap at this point or hopefully somewhere around there yes after the next two moves okay so here's the deal i'll play ball with you sean i will give you what you want in this case but the next two moves i will hear nothing about how we need these guys and how you know they're so valuable to the team in so many different ways okay i mean i'll give my opinion reggie gilliam stays then and we do not save that one and a half million dollars. But Matt Barkley, Greg Manx, they're gone. Matt Barkley is making one million dollars as our third string quarterback, or he's on the books for one million dollars as our third string quarterback. And Greg Manx is making also about a million dollars. Don't need him. We want to get younger on the offensive line. We want to get younger and get a developmental. Uh, quarterback if we need somebody to play the third quarterback role then that's what we want and having two older veteran quarterbacks behind Josh isn't providing us much value so we're getting rid of Matt he's been great maybe he can transition to a uh, offensive assistant or something on our coaching staff we'll approach him about that similar to what we did with uh, Davis Webb but Matt Barkley's time as third quarterback on this roster is over. Fine by me, Brandon. Uh, Barkley's been great to have around, but we're not playing him games. He's not a viable number two. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I thought that Greg Manx's contract was expiring this year. I had him down as a free agent, so I already was counting on him walking out the door. But if getting rid of him saves us a couple bucks, that's icing on the cake. Greg Manx is... Well, Greg Banks is on our roster for a million dollars, but it also says that his contract is expired. So I'm not quite sure how that works. I guess this is the kind of dead cap. This is what we get for, uh, you know, giving bonuses to guys that don't really impact the roster much. So in total, after you've argued with me about keeping Reggie Gilliam on this roster, and after you've argued with me about asking Mitch Morse to either take a pay cut or restructure his deal, we've got roughly $20 million to play with looking at before looking at our own free agent. Woohoo! Love it. Okay. You happy with that? Sean, 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this is a good, it's a good partnership you and I have going here. You know, you and me, we're buddies, and then we talk about whatever we got to talk about, and I texted Terry, and Terry lets me know if it's all cool, and we got a good system here. Wait, wait, wait. So, you texted Terry? Yeah, yeah, I, te- I, texted, I texted Terry, Terry and I texted Kim, and I get their opinion on lots of things. We're The group message, How'd what's you text that? Kim? How'd you text Kim? Uh, with, a, with my phone. She, oh, well. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm starting to think you're actually talking to somebody different and you think it's Kim because as far as I know right now, Kim is not answering the phone. She hasn't texted back in a while, but Terry's been been very responsive. Um, and mm, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> I feel like I'm being cut out of these decisions a little bit. No, 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 no. We got the group message that you're involved in and we, we use that one occasionally too. So it's all good here. Um, now might be a good time to review some of the free agents who we're letting walk. And then, you know, if I name somebody who you think is interested, you're interested in keeping on the roster for next year or inviting back, then um, give a shout and we can talk it through. How's that sound? So you want me to tell you then, Sean, if I'm intending to keep this guy? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think the listeners and the Buffalo Bills fans would be interested to know just how many guys are walking off this roster this year. So it, it'll they'll feel the weight of that if we go position by position and really explain how many guys are are leaving the Bills. Uh, we'll start with quarterback. Um, you mentioned we're going to get rid of Barkley, but the backup quarterback, Case Keenum, his contract is expiring as well. And so we will not have a backup quarterback for Josh Allen right. if we do nothing to retain him going into next season. Sure. Well, as you know, Sean, we traded for Case Keenum last season. We thought he represented a huge value for what we gave the Browns. Uh, we did pay him, or he was on the books for $6 million last season, and we certainly cannot be paying our backup quarterback that much money, especially a backup quarterback who's 35 and represents no growth potential at the position. So as long as Case is willing to come back for a much reduced number, I would love to have him on this roster. I think he's a great locker room fit. And I loved the video uh, he did where he pranked me and a bunch of the Bills players at training camp. That was great. Yeah, it was a little awkward. The people didn't know who he was. but I knew who he was right away. Yeah, it didn't look like you did. Didn't look like you did, Brandon. But you don't have to be embarrassed about it. You got a lot of players to worry about. And I'm sure to you, they're all just numbers on a paper anyway. You don't even have to deal with them face-to-face. It's a very impersonal business you're involved in here. So... Right. No worries. I'm just tabulating numbers in my head the entire day. Yeah. Um, so we can approach Keenum and we'll see if he's interested in coming back. I'm sure he'd be interested in coming back on a reasonable deal. I'm sure a lot of teams aren't interested in paying him $6 million and he's a good guy. So should we count on him for next season? I think we can definitely count on him next season. Great. Uh, I'll just write him down in my notebook here. Good. Uh, running back. We'll be losing Taiwan Jones. Another glue guy, really important piece of this special teams unit. Uh, he's been a member of the Bills for many years with a little gap in the middle there. And then we're losing Devin Singletary as well. Motor. He's our, he is the motor of our run game and has been for the last four seasons. So if we do nothing, you're getting rid of Naeem Hines as well. It's just going to be old Jimmy Cook and Reggie. Well, Sean, you said it best when you said that special teams is an important part of this roster. You know that I'm a huge special teams guy, and uh, I still harbor 
ill will towards Taiwan Jones for his role in our playoff defeat against the Houston Texans with his short little stopover in Houston, as you mentioned. But uh, he's an integral part of our special teams operation. And so for a very reasonable number, I would be willing to bring him back. He's a little bit, you know, he's almost 35 years old now, but I don't know that uh, 35 years old is going to keep him from doing his job on special teams. It certainly hasn't stopped Matthew Slater for the New England Patriots. And that's how I see Taiwan Jones for us. I think we could get him back at like a veteran minimum type deal. He loves Buffalo. He's part of the culture. He's a good leader to have around. You know, if he says no, it's not the worst thing in the world. We're not planning on him being a part of the running game at all, but we do need special teams players on this team. So it'd be great if he could come back. Right, right. Now, the other guy you mentioned, Devin Singletary. I'm a huge motor guy. I drafted him in the third round, Sean. But, uh, you know, these streets are hard out here for an NFL running back. And I really love what James Cook was showing at the end of the season. So if Devin Singletary wants something even remotely close to what that rubbish website, Spotrack or Spotrack or whatever you want to call it, says he's worth, which is roughly $5.5 million annually, then I got to say, no, sir, and goodbye. Because as much as we love motor, he's not worth 5.5 a year. That is a move that is going to rub the locker room the wrong way, Brandon. It's going to be difficult to explain getting rid of motor after what he's meant to this oh, team. I'm sorry, Sean. I didn't realize that you had outsourced all of your work as you know, the leader of the locker room to all of these players. I thought that, yeah, that was more your thing, but I guess not. So, yeah, maybe I should just start signing all these dudes back just because they're great locker room fits, huh? You're making my job harder, Brandon. You know, I'm only willing to bend so far for you and all your little projects. Uh, if you think that Singletary is a guy we need to get rid of to save some money and we cannot spend that money on a running back, I understand the NFL is not going in the direction of paying top dollar for long-term running backs. I get it, but you're going to have to do something to fix this problem because you're really ripping apart this room here. You took away Isaiah McKenzie. You're taking away Devin Singletary. You're not leaving me with a lot. Barkley was important. This is, this is a real teardown here. You're, you're putting me in a heck of a position, Brandon. Heck of a position. I understand that, Sean. I understand that from a personnel standpoint. And rest assured, I do have plans for the running back position the rest of this offseason. If you look at free agency, if you look at the draft, it should be relatively easy to find affordable help at the running back position. And that's the way I look at it because Devin Singletary, as you said, he was the motor for our run game in a lot of different ways these past few seasons. But I believe we have a new guy to take over that role now. And if we continue splitting time between Devin Singletary and James Cook, I'm not sure if James Cook will ever have the opportunity to reach his full potential as the lead back in our offense. So I must bid... Devin Singletary, adieu, unless he wants to come back on a very reasonable, team-friendly deal. That's a difficult pill to swallow, but I don't see him taking a pay cut to play for the Bills next year, so let's talk receiver. Let's talk receiver. So basically, we've got Jamison Crowder and Jake Kumro at the receiver position for guys who we need to consider bringing back, as well as Cole Beasley. Correct. Love Beasley. 
Huge, you know, huge part of this team over the past few years. Bringing him back was a good you move. Know, I was not happy with Cole. Uh, the way he performed last season as a full-time starter, I know he was dealing with a lot of injuries, but you know, averaging under 10 yards a catch and not looking as explosive after the catch as he had been earlier on in his career uh, really disappointed me. That being said, when he came back this season for us, it was – a godsend because he immediately added a steady presence to the wide receiver position outside of Stefan Diggs. So if Cole is willing to come back on a sort of veteran minimum deal, I would be more than willing to bring him back. I would love it. I'll, I'll, I'll text Cole right now. I'm sure he'd be down. He's a great dude. I'm sure he could do one more year with the bills. What about uh Kumaro and Crowder? Kumaro and Crowder, that's a tough one. I think Kumaro is a guy who is useful on special teams and is probably not going to be commanding top dollar. So <laughs> I'm saying Jake Kumaro can come back. Jamison Crowder, however, his one year in Buffalo didn't really work out the way he would have liked and certainly didn't work out the way we would have liked. But he's a bit of a one-trick pony. You know, he basically was signed to play the Cole Beasley role and give us some uh, options on underneath routes and things like that, little slants and doing his main work from the slot. But between the injuries and overall ineffectiveness earlier on when we were able to see him in the season, I don't think that he's warranted uh, another year in Buffalo. All right. I can get on board with that. It's a tough year for Jameson. Didn't work out, but bringing back Beasley and Kumaro seems like it makes a lot of sense to me. Do you know Jake Kumaro is 31 years old? Yeah. It's nuts. I thought of him as like a 25-year-old kind of guy who like just hadn't broken into the league yet. All right. No, yeah. He's been bouncing around for years. I remember remember when, uh, you know, we were still in North Carolina. We were still in Carolina at the time. I believe it was... Um, when he was with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers had just finished talking up Jake Kumro and saying he's probably their best receiver at that point in the offseason. And then, uh, yeah, he did not survive final cuts for them, I believe. Yep. Ah, the Carolina days. Anyway, tight end. Uh, we've got an interesting situation here with our boy Tommy Sweeney. He's a guy who's had a lot of injury issues, hasn't really been able to be a steady presence for us, can't get on the field. He's a restricted free agent this year, so are you planning on tendering him a deal? Uh, he's not just going to walk. He's restricted, not unrestricted, but you know, getting rid of him would leave us with only two tight ends on this roster. That's interesting, Sean, because I'm pretty sure in my primer, I definitely listed Tommy Sweeney as an unrestricted free agent, and I believe that is the case with him. He's unrestricted? I believe so. Wasn't last year his restricted free agent year where we decided to bring him back on a tender? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do read those. Uh, that just slipped uh, my mind. Definitely. All right. Anyway, uh, Tommy Sweeney, uh, nearly 28 years old, zero contributions on the field. Don't give me that bunk about him being a great locker room guy. We need to find a dude who can make an impact for this team at that position. And so for that reason, Tommy Sweeney has got to go. 
Fine by me. He's never around anyway, so time to move on. That makes it seem like he doesn't answer your text messages. Is that the case, Sean? Sweeney? I don't even have his number. I, I forgot he was even on the team. Oof. Cold-blooded. All right. Yeah. Not surprised you forgot he's on the team. I imagine you look at the roster the same way you do uh, the primer sometimes, huh? That primer is on my desk. I, I, I'd skim it at least. I'm going to get through it. I promise. All right. So let's move on to the offensive line, shall we? Yeah. Uh, let's start with the tackle position. Dawkins, Brown, Doyle, all for two years. We've got them kind of the, the bookends. Hopefully Tommy Doyle can come back. We're losing Bobby Hart and David Questenberry. So do you have any interest in bringing back one of those two guys to stabilize the outside of the offensive line at all? Questenberry didn't really work out as that veteran uh, pickup that we wanted to add to this roster to sort of push Spencer Brown a little bit. So I'm going to have to say, David Questenberry, see you around. Um, Bobby Hart, on my primer, Sean, he's listed as a guard. But I don't think Bobby Hart really has done much as a Buffalo Bill to warrant a position on this roster moving forward either. I would love to get younger on the offensive line. Um, You know, I think bring back or bring in maybe an older veteran presence at right tackle maybe to try to uh, hit Spencer Brown with the same strategy this offseason. But other than that, I want to get younger on the offensive line. And for that reason, guys who we've got at guard, like uh, Greg Van Roten, Roten and uh, Roger Saffold are also going to be taking a walk. I, I got to push back a little bit on Questenberry because I think he really played, he played through a lot of injuries to fill in all over the offensive line for us. He was a guy who we could count on to play tough minutes on the outside, on the inside, he did everything we asked of him. And I don't think anybody's expecting him to push for a starting role necessarily, but he was a reliable veteran and, and a huge part of what we were able to accomplish last year. So I would love to add more pieces next year, some more youth to the outside of the offensive line. But I think having a guy like that that you can count on to fill multiple positions on the offensive line is valuable. And what would we have to pay him? Like a million? Uh, we paid him $2 million last season. I know what you're saying, Sean, but I think the guys who I have in mind in free agency would fill that role well enough. I do believe having Ryan Bates on the roster gives us a lot of um, versatility and the interior. And I do want to bring back Ike Butker. So it's not a complete wash at the offensive line position. There will be a few familiar faces coming back to this team, but David Questenberry doesn't need to be one of them. So you talk about the interior of the offensive line. I don't see Ryan Bates as a guy who can play tackle for us. He's a guy who can play center, and he's probably our starting left guard, or maybe right guard. I know he played right guard last year, but I think left guard is more of his sweet spot. But we need to really add bodies to the interior of the offensive line because like a guy who played well for us two seasons ago, and then he had the torn Achilles, and last year he really only got on the field once or twice. Next year could be a year that he could play for us, but I don't see him as our starting guard. And you said Roger Saffold, you're going to let him go? Yeah, definitely Roger Saffold's got to go. But yeah, I agree. We need depth all over the place. That's why I think Ike 
Butker and Ryan Bates on the interior and a veteran who we bring in via free agency at the tackle position is, is the move here. We definitely need a tackle, if not in the draft, in free agent. And we need lots of help on the interior because right now we've just got two guards on this roster. By my count, Ryan Bates and Ike Bodker, that's the whole interior of the offensive line. Unless you're bringing back Greg Van Roten. No, Greg Van Roten's gone. He's okay. gone. So we have just two interior offensive linemen and Mitch Morris is our only center. We're really thin there. We need a lot of help in the offensive line. Yep. But you know, that's the thing. Our strategy for the last few seasons has been kind of to uh, throw a bunch at the wall and see what sticks. And so none of these guys really helped us out as much as we thought they would. And for that reason, I have no problem going back to free agency, throwing a lot of options at the wall and seeing what sticks. Now, with these guys that you're bringing back, like we're talking about Ike Bodker here, are you just bringing them all back on one-year deals? Or is Ike a guy that we could give a few years to and hopefully make him a piece of this offensive line for the you know ike's younger he's, he's still only 28 years old and uh he didn't you know after recovering all last season didn't have the wear and tear i would like to see where his medicals are at right now and if they're looking good sean i don't mind giving him a two-year deal a three-year deal love it we need some stability on the some line. depth moving forward to the uh interior offensive line I also think while we're talking about the offensive line, this might not be a bad time to discuss maybe extending Deion Dawkins. Our tackles, we've only got two years left on all three of them, Doc Brown and Tommy Doyle. Deion Dawkins is our left tackle and probably the left tackle of this team for the foreseeable future. Maybe signing him to a new long-term deal might be able to rework some money, free up some space for this year, next year. What do you think of that idea? Well, he's still on the uh, roster for three more years. He's still got three years on his deal. It doesn't expire until 2025. Yeah, that's just so two I'm more years. Three more years for a 29-year-old player. Two years. Three years. Right? 2023, 2024, 2025. You're saying he's on a contract that will take him through the 2025 season? I believe so. Am I wrong here? I don't know. We got to look into that. Oh, yep. I am wrong. Because okay. I think we've just got him for two more years. We do have him for two more years. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Sean. You know, that's really not a bad idea. If we were to maybe extend him by a year or two, that could probably lower his cap number now. And yeah, it's certainly uh, a case where looking forward to 2023, our two best linemen are uh, Deion Dawkins and Mitch Moore. So I have no problem with that. Uh, yeah, with that idea. Great. Good thing we figured that out. Okay. So done with the offensive line. We're, we're continuing with uh, Ike Butker, but everybody else can – yeah, take a hike, and we're going to just kind of see what sticks via free agency in the draft. So the defensive line, uh, by my count, oh we've boy. got Jordan Phillips, who is unsigned at the moment, and that is basically it. Oh, no, Shaq Lawson. Uh, Shaq Lawson. Yep. And now I think I like to look at the defensive line and split it down the middle. You got your ends, you got your interior guys. Uh, as far as defensive end goes, 
Brandon, I got to say, you've poured a lot of resources into the defensive end position, and we've got four guys who are on the team last year, who are likely on the team next year, and are Epineza, Basham, Rousseau, draft picks, and then you got our free agent acquisition in Von Miller, who was coming off a torn ACL for next year. So it would seem to me that we have our starting defensive ends and depth at the position, if not the greatest depth at the position we've got the defensive ends that we really need going into next season. I would agree, Sean. It would make me a little more happy if your buddy over there, Leslie, found out a way to develop our young defensive ends a little more. But Shaq Lawson, he you know, made some nice contributions for this team this year, but hopefully our young guys take another step this offseason, and I don't want Shaq Lawson stealing playing time and the chance to develop them by uh yeah being on this roster so we can say goodbye to Shaq Jordan Phillips however I would love to see him come back on a team friendly deal I love Jordan I love what he's all about I love how much he loves Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills organization so yeah he's been dealing with some injuries the past few years but bring him back we got to the, uh, you know, if it were up to me, Brandon, I would have done the opposite of what you just did, because I think having Shaq Lawson around is huge. Nobody wanted him to be the starting defensive end for the bills, but he just played better than AJ or boogie. And when we needed him, he was the guy who we needed. And I think it's good to have someone to push those young players to force them to get their way onto the field by earning it. Um, whereas, at the defensive tackle position, this is a position that I would be interested in upgrading and pouring some resources into because we got Ed Oliver one more year left, Daquan Jones one more year left, Tim Settle one more year left. This is a position that desperately needs youth. And I think rather than keeping Jordan Phillips on and keeping the same very old interior of the defensive line, we might be able to say, all right, Jordan, thank you for your help. You know, you've shown flashes, but you haven't been super consistent. Let's get somebody in potentially through the draft, who can sit in the middle of that defensive line and provide a future for us uh, and turn that interior over a little bit. I, I see that logic, Sean. But again, unless Shaq Lawson wants to come back for the absolute veteran minimum, I don't want to have to pay Shaq and find or have Leslie find ways to rotate the defensive ends enough so that the young guys get the time to develop that they need. So yeah, Shaq Lawson in my books, he's gone. If he wants any more money than the veteran minimum, Jordan Phillips has played his best in Buffalo. And I think he recognizes that and would be willing to accept close to the veteran minimum. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing Jordan back. If that's the case, I'm fairly, so what did we pay Shaq last year? Like a million, like 1.1 or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He's yep. he's 29, or somewhere around there. 28, maybe? I, yeah, he loves he Buffalo. He's a guy who started the year not even active. We didn't even have him active for the first couple of weeks, and he was okay with that. I think this is a guy who would be happy to be a part of this team on a veteran minimum deal for one more season. Well, I think he would probably as well. But that doesn't mean I want him starting for our team. No, he does. Well, I, he's not the ideal starter. Ideally, 
one of these guys you've drafted over the past three years can step in and do that. But right now, it's just Rousseau and Miller. And behind him, you know, Boogie, Epineza, some other guy could be Shaq. Our number three defensive end position is up for grabs right now. And I would love it if Boogie or AJ could fight for that spot. But they're going to have to battle with somebody for it. Yeah. You know, I do like the guys that we have on the roster, though, that you didn't mention either. Um, what about uh, futures deals? What's that? And more futures contracts? No. Uh, who's the guy that we had at the end of the last season? Kingsley we brought on, right? Ah, Kingsley Jonathan. That's right. Kingsley Jonathan. Uh, he's kind of a tweener, right? Defensive tackle, defensive end, but he's only 25 years old. And I wouldn't mind bringing a guy like that back. Uh to yeah, maybe develop on the roster at a low, low cost. All right, we'll give Kingsley a call. I'm sure he'd love to be a part of this team next year. Yeah. All right, Kingsley. Kingsley call King. Now we are on to the big position. Because linebacker is, you know, for better or worse, the core position on our defense. Uh, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds did great things this past offseason. But it's going to be expensive to keep Tremaine on this roster. And, uh, you know, Sean, we've we've been griping about Tremaine Edmonds at different times, saying that he's great, he's a, he's a great athlete, but he hasn't been making the big splash plays that we drafted him to make. But this season... You've been saying that. What's that? You, you said that. You said that. Don't put words in my mouth. That no, meant you, you said that. You said that. I'm quoting you, Sean. Huge Tremaine guy. Oh, through and through. You're the one who said you needed the splash plays. But I digress. Go ahead. The problem I have with Tremaine, before we even offer him anything, is what everybody else is telling me he's going to cost us. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds basically is probably going to be a top five paid linebacker in this league. And I don't know if we can allocate that amount of resources to the linebacker position on that roster. We already got uh, Matt Milano signed for $13.3 million. So do we really want to, yeah, put two of our top five highest paid players at the same position on defense, which is not, at cornerback or at defensive end? I argue, yes. Jermaine Edmonds needs to come back to this roster. He's under 25 years old, and I hope that he can continue to develop. And Matt Milano is sneaky 28 and only signed for two more years. So if we bring back Jermaine Edmonds, maybe he is willing to give us some kind of discount uh, for putting him in a great position earlier on, early on in his career. And I think that that gives us some security until we can find a suitable replacement for Matt Milano in a couple of years. Now, this is a deal you're going to have to provide some terms for, I think, because Edmonds isn't coming back on a one-year, two-year deal. This is going to have to be, you know, four or five years, I think, if you're offering him a contract. Right. I'm thinking from what I have heard with my buddies around the league, uh, he could expect to command anywhere between, I want to say, 17 and $20 million a season. Now, 
right now, Roquan Smith, I believe, is the highest paid linebacker in the league. He, of course, got traded midseason from the Bears to the Ravens and then signed that huge contract where I believe he's averaging $20 million a year. So it's either Roquan Smith at the top or Fred Warner, Shaq Lawson, one of those, or Shaq, um, oh, who am I thinking of? Leonard. Shaq That's not even his name Shaq anymore, Leonard. is it? Yeah, Shaq Leonard, uh, Darius Leonard, formerly the artist known as Darius Leonard. Uh, yeah, so Shaq uh, Leonard, yeah. Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, I believe all three of those guys are averaging right around $20 million a year. What I'm worried is that Tremaine Edmonds is going to say, hey, I'm just 24 years old and I've made two Pro Bowls and I'm only going to keep getting better. So I also deserve that much money. If we can kind of, you know, beat him down a little bit from that number, I'm more than happy to pay him, let's say, let's call it 17.5 a year for four years. Hmm. All right. So what you need me to do is to get in his ear and kind of casually like neg him down, make him feel bad about himself, exactly. make him believe he's, he doesn't he's the Yes, he is the attractive female at the bar who you are negging to, uh, you know, get her to dance with you on the dance floor. Okay, I think I can handle that. I'm on board. We got to have him as a part of this defense moving forward. So I was worried you were going to let him walk. I love you making Tremaine Edmonds a part of this team moving forward. It erases a lot of that cap space that we took so much time to free up, but I think it's valuable acquisition here. So uh, let's make that happen. Now that puts the linebacker position that solidifies the linebacker position. I would say I'm going to take that off of our list of needs because we got Milano and Edmonds for the next two years, at least and Edmonds probably for the foreseeable future beyond that. We drafted for some reason Terrell Bernard last year. I don't know what you were doing there, but we've got him and Balen Spector also at the linebacker position. So plenty of assets have been allocated to that spot. Um, now we got to talk about corner. We still have Trey White, three more years left on his deal. Kyer Elam, a promising young rookie, last year's first-round pick. Love that he's a part of this team. Taron Johnson, the glue of this defense. Love that he's still locked in for a couple more years here. And then uh, we got Christian Benford, who will be coming back off of his injury from last year. He was looking great. And Saran Neal. So we got five corners under contract. What are your plans for dealing with Cam Lewis and Dane Jackson? I think that if I look at Cam Lewis one more time, my head's going to explode. Uh, I just can't get over how he let Justin Jefferson make that grab over him. And there were too many times when I was watching the game from up in the box and I'm thinking, what's I can't really make out that little number there down on the field, but it looks like that guy just screwed up again. Oh, wait, it's Cam Lewis. So love that Cam Lewis is a, is a Buffalo guy. Love that he's also, you know, a restricted free agent, but I'm letting Cam walk and test the waters. And Dane Jackson as a restricted free agent. You know, you and I had our gripes about having to go into the season with Dane Jackson as our starter, but I think that he is a more than adequate backup at the cornerback position. And I would love to see him back on a reasonable, uh, on a tender. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he'd be a, a great guy to have playing cornerback four for us next year. Probably likely the situation. Um, we still have to talk about what we're going to do at safety. I think it's possible. 
want to move Christian Benford into the safety position. Um, and, you know, you don't really have anything to do with that. I'll talk about that amongst the coaches. That's X's and O's stuff you wouldn't understand. But we've got five corners on the roster now. If you add Dane Jackson, that's six. That's pretty healthy cornerback room. We add maybe a late draft pick to that mix and a free agent acquisition, and I'm, I'm happy with what we've got at corner. Good. Glad you're happy, Sean. Safety. Safety's tricky. We went into last season feeling like we were uh, pretty set at the position, actually even starting to talk to Jaquan Johnson's agent about a nice, reasonable uh, contract extension. But that did not work out. Brandon, I'm glad you didn't do that. That that is a good thing that that didn't pan out. I got to tell you, we do not know what to do with Jaquan Johnson. We keep trying to make him be our number two, number three, strong safety. He can't do it. He, he's supposed to be a heavy hitter. He, he's too little. He's just, we don't know where to put him. And at this point, we are scratching our heads with Jaquan. He's been a huge part of this team and special teams for a number of years. But I got to say, if we need to make him a part of the starting defense, I'm going to have a huge problem with that. Certainly not coming back as a starter. So, you know. Rest easy, Sean. Jaquan Johnson, as you said, definitely didn't meet our expectations. You know what, though? Not only is it good for us that we didn't sign him to a contract extension, it's good for us because he tanked his own value, I believe, heading into free agency. So I believe that we could convince Jaquan Johnson to come back on a you know, veteran minimum or very team-friendly deal. And for that reason... I say, let's do it because Jaquan Johnson, huge special teams contributor. And if we're saying bye to guys like AJ Klein and Tyler Matikevich, who we didn't even really notice or discuss after the uh, whole Tremaine Edmonds re-signing, I think that's very important. You're getting rid of Klein and Matikevich? Yes. We didn't talk about Tyrell Dodson either. He's an RFA. Yeah, he's gone. I like Tyrell. Uh, Does that change well, anything? I wouldn't have a I like Tyrell. Tyrell back on a very well. He's a restricted free agent, is he not? So I think we could tender yeah. him at a very reasonable rate. Uh, but you know, there's a reason you asked me, begged me to draft Tyrell Bernard, and I'm just waiting for you to I did not. Out what it is you want to do with him out on the field. No such thing. I had nothing to do with that. Oh, really? That was Sean? all you, really? Because I remember. You coming into my office and saying, Brandon, Brandon, we need to trade up. Somebody else is going to take James Cook. And I said, okay, Sean, settle down. We'll do it. Don't worry. I'm already in the works. And then you were begging me right after to grab you that small, fast, instinctive linebacker who I said had way too many injuries in college. But you were like, no, I can definitely use him. And uh, didn't really work out his rookie season, did it, Sean? I don't recall any of that, and I think you're going to need to prove that this took place uh, because otherwise it just looks like you reached for a useless linebacker that we really don't know what to do with here. So, oh, We'll see what Terry says. I'm texting him right now. <sighs> Terry won't get back to me. He's crafting a long message, I'm sure. Huh. Uh, see, Terry what about- just got back to me. He said, LOL, when I said that Sean's trying to... Oh, please. Terry's a ha-ha <laughs> guy. That's how I know you're lying. I got the receipts. Okay. Um, safety though, you have not fixed our problems by just bringing back the 
underwhelming Jaquan Johnson to play what starting right. safety? No? no, what are we no. doing that's here? That's the deal. Jaquan Johnson is coming back as nothing more than a backup. Okay, the reason he's coming up, coming back as nothing more than a backup, is because we got Micah Hyde coming back off his neck injury, and what I would love to do, yeah, is see how much Jordan wants, how much money after a season full of injuries and after a late season collapse in terms of performance, I would call it a collapse. I want to see how much he's expecting out on the open market. And if there's a way that we can convince him to come back for a a lot less than that, then I think we should do it for at least one more year. He's just 31. He's just 31 about to be 32 but I'm hoping that he would be willing to do a one-year deal to try to run it back and get this team in a Super Bowl. You do a one-year deal, you're putting us in a heck of a position there, Brandon, because Hyde's only got one more year on his deal too. So that puts a lot of pressure on next season. I think Jordan would love to be a part of this team moving forward. I think that a one-year deal is not something that he's hoping for here because you know, he's getting older. These guys are looking for one more NFL contract, and I don't think he wants to push that down the road at all. He's going to want some stability in this in this next contract that he's going to sign. So I would be happy enough to, to, you know, let him make some visits, see what his market looks like, and then revisit this topic. Because as you mentioned, uh, Micah Hyde is a free agent after next season, so we definitely need to think about the future. I would like to think about the future after signing and having two starting safeties on this roster. But if we have to, if we have to say goodbye to Jordan, that's something I'm willing to do. There's a reason that we were heels in last offseason when he wanted his contract extension, Sean. You know what I mean? It's because we didn't want to give him a contract, right? Right. Yes. Yes, Sean. But now we do? Uh, Perhaps. I'm confused, Brandon. Okay. Um, so if he doesn't want to come back to Buffalo for one year, that would leave us with Micah Hyde, um, Demar Hamlin. What's the story with Demar? We're we're talking with Demar's doctors, and I believe we're still trying to figure out his football future right now. So we potentially just have one safety next year. You could argue that Jaquan Johnson is an option in a pinch. Jordan Poyer, we're really hoping that he takes something of like a contract slash pay cut to come back to us for a year. But this is a this is a position of severe need, right. I would say. We got a lot of issues at safety. Um, and if you do sign Poyer, that takes us to the cap pretty much, right? I mean, we spent a lot getting Edmonds back. Poyer is going to chew up another, I don't know, nine million, maybe something like that. Even if it's just the one year, we don't even have a punter. Thankfully we got T-Bass for one more year, but I think that's a contract. We're going to want to start thinking about extending here this off season. Right. Well, I think that, you know, we could do some cap magic with Tremaine Edmonds deal. We can make it so that this season, the cap number is pretty low, but, it might take a bit more of a hike in the middle of the contract, depending on how many years we put in there. Um, yeah, there are some things that we can do to 
maintain enough space to sign a rookie draft class and maybe throw some cash at some veteran players. You remember last year, Sean, we were in a very similar position and we still found enough money to uh, sign Vaughn Miller. So all hope is not lost. All right. Well, I'm going to count on you to work some of that magic. You know, you're out of your depth here. Let me worry about the numbers. All right there. Math guy. All right. Let's talk to Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Keep sending messages. You left on blue, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on. Uh, What do you think about Dean Marlowe? Speaking of the safety position. I love Dean. He did bring back the guy mid-season. So uh, I imagine he's a guy that you could uh, picture yourself with in the future. Yeah, another veteran. He's around the same age, I think, as Jordan and Micah. That's a, a guy that I think we could rely on for a few games next season. Um, if we want to give him another one-year deal, that's okay by me to, to patch that position in the meantime while we look for a long-term answer. I think we still need to draft a safety. So when it comes time to start talking about the draft, that's become a position that we really need to address. But Dean Marlowe would be a good option for next year as a backup. I don't think as our starting safety, but as a backup option. Right, right, right. Okay. So besides uh, Sam Martin, who we're obviously going to bring back, we got nothing else to Great. talk about. Hey, wait, why obviously? Um, I think Punt God beat his charges. So if we want to bring him back, then maybe he's our punter next year? Mm. Punt God is still dealing with some civil suits and i don't want to get into the mud with those things so i want to just cut our losses are you sure move on and uh let matt ariza play in the mexican football league which is what i last heard from him Hmm. i just googled him brandon and says x bills punter matt ariza not playing football in mexico despite team's announcement uh, hoping for nfl return well and, and criminal charges have been dropped. Criminal charges have been dropped. Civil case is pending, I believe. And like I said, don't want to get involved with any of that. It is not a good look if he is held liable uh, for, yeah, in civil court for a gang rape of an underage minor. So, yeah, don't want those problems. Well, I guess I don't understand the law. <laughs> okay. But... It seems like he's not facing criminal charges, so <laughs> that's good news. Okay, well, not happening. Hmm. We'll talk. Heck of a leg on that kid. But uh, Sam Martin, in the meantime, fine by me. All right. Sounds good. We are in agreement. You got to keep your precious uh, Reggie Gilliam, and we opened up en- enough space to uh, sign back a lot of our key guys entering free agency. By your rough count, where does that leave us with the cap? Well, like I said, it depends on what it looks like for Jordan Poyer. It depends on what we're able to finagle with Tremaine Edmonds' cap situation. But I would say we're roughly between 4 and $5 million right now with no other moves made. Hopefully the cap goes up, right? That's something that I hear happens sometimes. 
there's some sort of new TV deal with YouTube that could bring in a whole bunch of money, right? Am I, am I yes, saying sure, anything? The cap that already makes did sense? Go up. So this is already ah. with the cap having been announced for the upcoming season. The tap the was that in the primer? Yeah, uh, that was in the primer. Shoot. Yeah. All right. So we only have five thousand dollars, and we got to fix our whole offensive line. That's uh five million, Sean. Five million. Just move the zeros here. All right, you're the money guy. I, I do the X's and O's. Uh, don't tell me how to do my job. All right. Again, pretty defensive. Uh, basically just corrected you in your blunder, so you don't need to lash out, Sean. Hey. Hey, you watch it. All right, I'm going to take this this dirtbag team you've put together for me and build a championship-caliber roster, all right? Even this if I don't have any guards. Sean. But with not, no guards, I would never dream of releasing what you've just said about this roster to the players themselves in the locker room. So <laughs> just keep that in mind next time you want to cross me. All right. Fair enough. This is Things get pretty hot. You know, we're trying to build we're a Super friends. Bowl we team here. We're friends. Oh, it's a good time. Good times. Good times. So next time we have a conversation, we're going to have to discuss the free agents who other teams have released that we could potentially use to patch some of these holes we don't have a lot of money to play with though so um maybe that's going to be a short conversation right i've got i've got a free agency wish list that uh i think is worth taking some time to talk about don't worry i'll I'll send it to your guy maybe um maybe i'll like send it as a recording i can read it to you if the facts and figures are too confusing Uh, i can be like just send me a primer oh i can send you pictures too was that would that be better if I just sent, yeah. Pictures of can you give it like a? I can color it in, and that'll make it more interactive. Okay. Yeah. Good shot. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'll prepare my little uh, free agency wish list with some reasonable signings that I think we could make, and uh, yeah. After that, it's draft season, baby. Love it. Can't wait to uh, fly off to Indianapolis pretty soon here because the camp- combine is starting next week i believe that's next week what yeah nfl combine starts tuesday february 28th oh my gosh all right well look at that can't wait all right anything else to say here sean no uh, i'm done being sean oh okay and scene and scene (sighs) (laughs) what a relief yeah that was nice i think uh we've done a pretty nice job with this roster here but the offensive line is really in trouble so i hope you've got a plan for how to fix that problem yeah i do i i i am a total fan of the Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. As I said, throw as many things at the wall as you can to see what sticks. It, it worked one year. You know, we, we looked in, at the offensive line heading into the season. I don't know what it was, three or four years ago. That was when they had like Quentin Spain and Ty Nasecki and all these other guys. And they somehow cobbled together a workable offensive line in spite of all of the deering. So... I'm I'm confident. Yeah, I don't know. I think when all we have to do is basically fill in two or three positions. I think I'm ready to actually invest in the offensive line. I mean, we are going to invest 
it's not going to be through free agency though. And it's not going to be by bringing back a bunch of scrubs. Right. Right. Yeah. I think they should really draft a young promising guard. Finally. I mean, they did draft Wyatt Teller, but then Brandon really botched that move. So Brandon, I'm pretty sure it was Sean. I don't think so. Sean doesn't sign those trade papers. Like, Hey, Dable, you might run the offense, but I run the team. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it went though. I don't see him that way at all, but, um, we do need a guard and I'm honestly surprised with what you decided to do with the defense, because for a guy who's got so many problems with this bill's defense, you basically kept it intact. Yeah. Um, I think bringing back Tremaine Edmonds is important because Matt Milano is getting older and he's only on the team for two more years. And so do you want to get rid of Tremaine Edmonds now and then have to worry about replacing both him and Matt Milano in the next four years? No. Or two years, I should say. No. So bring back Tremaine Edmonds, give yourself some time, some runway until Matt's gone. Um, And in terms of the safety position, I would be very curious to see what Jordan Poyer's free agent market looks like. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as bountiful as he's expecting. And for that reason, I do think that the Bills could convince him to come back on a one-year deal. But we shall see. Defense is, though, as I've said before, something that I want to visit in the draft more so than... uh, yeah, free agency and stuff. So I'm fine with keeping the defense the way it is right now, hoping that somebody like Kair Elam, hoping that a guy like Christian Benford and Terrell Bernard for sure make more of an impact than they did even as rookies. And uh, yeah, continue that trend. Yeah, I think that um, I love Matt Milano. He's probably got two more years and then they're going to try to fill the linebacker position with some more youth, some less expensive personnel if Edmonds turns out to be a guy that they sign long-term here, but I think that's the right move. Anyway, we can talk about what to do to fill the rest of these holes with the pending free agents or the, I guess the, the free agents that other teams have released recently. And uh, we'll do that in our next episode. I guess the off season's really flying along here. So how many, right. when is the draft? Uh, the draft is in, is it in May this year? April 27th. The end of April, yeah. We've got some time before the draft. Um, So in the meantime, we'll keep tabs on the Bills offseason, take a look at what's going on in uh, other football news, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, I think we could probably do another episode next week if you want to with this stuff prior to the Combine. Yeah, I think so. Cool. All right. All right. Anything else to add, Graham? I'm gonna. I almost called you Sean again. No, it broken my character at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah no, this, this kind of method. This the the NFL offseason, Obviously, this is the time you love, but for me, it's it's other sports at this time. College basketball is really ramping up. Sabers hockey, of course, you know, big hockey, big game tonight. Sabers okay. against your your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, okay. so that's a big one. Um, but yeah, it's. It's a nice time in the sports schedule where basically everything 
other than football is going on, and I'm enjoying it right now. It's been relaxing. Okay. Well, enjoy your other sports. There is no other sport in my mind, Graham. It's football all the time. The grind never stops, baby. I just need to give my heart a rest in the off season, and I, th- I think that's okay. Some time, to, some me time. I got to okay. t- spend some time on me. Good. I hope you find it. All righty, then. Thank you to all of our fans, as always, for your loyalty. Uh, and go Bills. Go Bills!